1: tiktok and twitter at ringer nfl
0: it's new york new york presented by FanDuel. the second half of the nba season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, america's number one sports book right now you can check out the new and improved parlay hub filter by odds sport and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page plus Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com/rg to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling prom, call 100 gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG.
2: There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class, leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.
0: Central, baby, it is a jam-packed Friday edition of New York, New York, with yours truly, JJ John Zestremski, cooking on the Ringer Podcast Network, as we get set for week 15 in the NFL. And if you had on your bingo card about two weeks ago that the AFC and the NFC offensive player of the week would be the two respective New York, New York quarterbacks, go play the lotto, go do something down in Atlantic City or in Las Vegas because you would have made yourself an absolute fortune. Maybe go find a long shot on FanDuel because you're feeling that frisky and you're feeling that hot. Yes, we were living in a world in which in week 14, Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson respectively won AFC Player of the Week honors for both the New York Jets. And the New York Giants and the Giants had their dramatic win on Monday night against the Green Bay Packers. The Jets had arguably their best offensive performance of the year. And I wouldn't even say arguably. They did have their best offensive performance of the year, torching the Texans in the second half. And now the million-dollar question is, well, what do both quarterbacks have in store for an encore? And with DeVito, it's not necessarily a one-week encore because... Since she has taken the starting reins, it has been this like cultural New York City phenomenon to the point where I was asked about this last night when I returned on SNY about if it's approaching a Linsanity type of level with Tommy DeVito. And let me make something abundantly clear it's not approaching a Linsanity type level yet. Remember, Jeremy Lin for the New York Knicks is beating Kobe Bryant and the defending champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Jeremy Lin is putting up monster performances against Dallas for the entire nation to see. DeVito, yes, had the grand stage on Monday night, had the game-winning drive, has the agent with the fedora and the pinstripe suit like he's out of a Bronx tale, yes. The DeVito family, they're hugging, they're kissing, they're eating chicken cutlets. We know what the deal is. Like, every Paison in the tri-state area who roots for the New York Giants is, like, drooling over this storyline. Like, like my brother-in-law, who kind of fits the Jersey Italian, you know, description. He loves it. He can't get enough of Tommy DeVito. I keep waiting for the clock to strike mid. Maybe that's the hater, maybe that's the cynic, maybe that's the skeptic in me. But I know it's coming. Unless you're delusional, you gotta know deep down if you're a Giant fan, it's coming at some point. The question is to me, when? Is it gonna be this Sunday against the New Orleans Saints? Giants are a six-point underdog in the game. New Orleans. Struggles offensively. New Orleans has a very good defense, but they've been rotten and they've been vile at home all year. I'm not going to be stunned if the Giants go win this game. I'm really not. Now, the reckoning will come against Philadelphia. We all know. that. Like, you're telling me the Giants on Christmas Day are going to go into Philadelphia when they need the game and Tommy DeVito is going to beat Jalen Hurts? Sorry. That I do not see. That I do not believe. But if we're talking about DeVito winning the New Orleans game and then following it up by winning the Eagle game, then that comment I just made about insanity, it might be a different tune. It might be a different feel. Maybe. Maybe. But we are not there yet from a Giant perspective. And what I would say about what has transpired here with Tommy DeVito, and if you're looking for a major positive from a Giant standpoint, it is the idea that Brian Dable, And his coaching staff took a quarterback that in the Jet game, they didn't trust him to throw the football. They didn't trust him to get 10 yards against the Jets in overtime with the game on the line. To the point now where he has gained more and more and more confidence, and I think a large part of that is the way Tommy DeVito has been coached by Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. And I think they deserve enormous, enormous credit for that. The fact that DeVito looks more competent, more functional, and just flat-out better week after week after week. That is a great sign knowing that you have that at your disposal if you're a Giant fan. And I think that, from a positive light, has helped Brian Dable and company salvage a whole lot of things in what has otherwise been you know, a rotten season that started off 2-8 and eight that was as bad as can be. I think what has happened here with DeVito, more than anything, Forget about the Giants picking one or two. They were never going to be bad enough to do that. Too much talent on the roster. Bottom of the NFC is just not good enough. They were going to win some games. I think what this stretch has done is restored faith within the coach that was the darling of New York City a year ago. I think Giant fans are feeling much better about Brian Dable than maybe they were four or five weeks ago. But the storyline that I'm captivated by when is this phenomenon, DeVito mania, with the Sopranos music blasting, with the Italian gestures after every touchdown, which, by the way, is great. It really is. Like, I feel like I got to be walking around New York City doing it. The DeVito. Do the DeVito. H- have they come up with a, uh, a sandwich yet at one of our fine eateries in-, in the tri-state area? I'm sure they have in Hoboken, right? They, they must have come up with a chicken cutler hero that is named the DeVito. I'm going to have to ask my guys over at PH's or Paisano's if they've taken care of that in Brooklyn. But be that as it may, that's the storyline with the Giants going into this weekend. Now, the Jets, I'm telling you right now, spoiler alert, Beningo stole my pick this week. We'll have old school, new school with Joe B coming up in a little bit. I was fully planning on taking the Jets plus eight and a half. He took it from me. I'm trying to chase him down in the standings, so I got screwed. The Jets are 100% alive in this game. And they're alive in this game because Miami – Not only is coming off what happened on Sunday or Monday, I can't even keep track of the days I was down there for that debacle where they uh, yucked up a 14-point lead with four and change to go. Forget about that. It's far more to do with the element of the injuries that the Miami Dolphins are looking at. And the Dolphins are not the same team that played the Jets on Black Friday just a couple weeks ago. Their Pro Bowl center, Connor Williams, out for the year. Karan Armstead, no idea if he's playing. Jalen Phillips, you saw him pop his Achilles on Hor Knox. Holland, who had the pick six, don't know if he's going to play. Xavier Howard, don't know if he's going to play. Tyreek Hill, Gimpy Ankle, probably going to play, but is he going to be as effective as he normally is? That looks like a vulnerable, beatable team, if you ask me. Now, it's also going to be an angry, ticked-off Dolphin team. And I don't know if that works to the favor of the Jets, but I'd much rather have the wounded than the angry. The offense are very wounded going into this game. And their vulnerabilities on the offensive line, you would think in theory, play right into the hands of the New York Jets and what they are able to do on the defensive line. So I don't think Zach Wilson is going to have an encore this Sunday against Miami that will be what you saw last week. I just don't expect that to be the case. Outside of the two Levis drives in the fourth quarter, Dolphin defense over the last six, seven weeks has been lights out. I am concerned, though, that Miami is going to struggle and move the football. Are they going to be able to run it like they did against the Jets? Are Waddle and Hill going to be able to make plays like they did the last time against the Jets? That I do not see. So you know what I anticipate on Sunday? A ugly, rotten, gross, vile football game. And we know the Jets have a whole lot of experience. If it's raining on Sunday, playing football games in the rain because it rains every freaking weekend in New York City. I think this game will be tight. I think I'll be biting my fingernails. And I'm not going to be stunned if I'm leaving that stadium and the Jets win the game. I'm just telling you right now, I am not going to be stunned if that's the case. Because you get the Dolphins at exactly the right time. And I guess the question will be if the Jets go and win this game and they find themselves at 6-8. and Does that change the thought process? Even though the playoffs still would appear to be beyond the long shot, even if they go nine and eight, just a lot, they don't have tiebreakers. They have a lot of things working against them as far as that goes. But would that maybe change things ever so slightly? For the idea of Rogers coming back over the final three weeks of the year. A little food for thought, depending on what happens Sunday in South Florida. So Great slate of games. I love the Saturday games. You'll have three of them. Cincinnati and Minnesota, Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, Detroit, and Denver. All three of those games have major playoff ramifications, so we love that. Cowboys-Bills at 425. It's an amazing standalone game in the 4 o'clock window. I know the Rams and Washington play, but let's be honest. That's like the only game that matters at 4 o'clock, and that's what everybody is going to get across America. And that kind of sets the stage for a Christmas week that will have a game on Thursday, that'll have two games on Saturday, that'll have a full slate on Sunday, and it'll have three games on Monday. No, the NBA likes to think that they own Christmas weekend and Christmas, uh, not anymore. The NFL has said, no, we we want our piece of the pie, and uh, we're going to have a monstrous show. We're going to be tweaking things a little bit next week with the Christmas holiday. We will be off Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We'll have something cooking the 26th. Early Tuesday pod to recap the whole Christmas weekend. So no shows the 24th and the 25th. We'll be cooking on the 26th. And don't worry, we'll have you covered every which way. Now, a couple of quick thoughts. Number one, unrelated to the football. Yamamoto sweepstakes right now, front and center. It seems like Yamamoto and his priority, it's not the most and the highest bid. Could be wrong on that. But the fact that You're hearing now all of a sudden from the Mets this idea that we are the underdog, even though they have the most money. Where did that come from? We've been talking about Yamamoto for the Mets for weeks. Now I see a story 24 hours ago that the Mets, the underdog Mets now feel good about it. When were they the underdog? They have the most money, unless the narrative about Yamamoto going to the highest bid He's overblown. That's the only way that story makes sense as far as I'm concerned. Otherwise, that story makes absolutely no sense. We know he's got an affinity for the Yankee pinstripes. The Dodgers, with Otani, with the star-studded team that they're presenting, they have a lot to offer. And the Mets have the most money. He will end up with one of those three teams. I'd be stunned if that's not the case. So that's the next domino really to to monitor and watch as this offseason progresses. And I feel like once Yamamoto falls, we can kind of see other things falling into place, how the Yankees will pivot, how the Mets will pivot, if indeed they do not get him. And then we're looking at the Montgomerys or the trade market for a Cease or Burns or a Shane Bieber kind of materialize. So that's what we'll be looking at from a baseball standpoint over the next few days. Now, I got a major concern with the Knicks. As I watched their game last night against the Utah Jazz, remember last year how drastically different the Knicks defense looked when Mitchell Robinson was out there? I remember this vividly. Mitchell Robinson missed a good chunk of games. He always misses a good chunk of games. That's always a part of the the narrative with him. Uh, And he's a frustrating player in that regard. But he impacts the game defensively in a lot of different ways for the Knicks. And last year, when he was not out there, the defense stuck. And I understand they were still playing Fournier a little bit, and he is a major liability, as we know. But not having Robinson really hurt their interior defense. Well, you're seeing the Nick defense without Mitchell Robinson. The Toronto game the other night, it was horrendous. They won a the game, but they gave up a zillion points. And they go and lose this game to Utah here on Wednesday night. I'm concerned with how they're going to look defensively this next stretch of games where they're going to be tested. And I, I don't know if they can get enough big minutes. They're going to give Sims these minutes. You know, they have Horton's but they're going to give Sims these minutes. And bigger teams might be able to exploit them in more ways than one. So that's the storyline we're watching with the Knicks as they proceed into December and beyond. And, you know, I was actually watching a little net game yesterday. As I was at SNY, I had the Nick game going. I had the net game going. I was fascinated. Uh, Durant going up against his old team. By the way, I got to text Ian about this. That was one of the most bizarre handshakes I've ever seen between Durant and Ian Eagle. It was friendly. It was a good handshake. But Ian, I mean, he really stuck the hand out there. It was like he didn't know if he wanted to go for the hug or the handshake or both. And it just kind of felt like it was dangling. So I saw that. I was cracking up. Uh, But the Nets, I mean, all things considered, as we look back on trading away Durant, which was painful, and it was a big blow to the organization. They really, in theory, did as well as they could have in that trade. Am I right or am I wrong? Bridges is a fun player. They go and get Cam Johnson. They they got as much as they could for a player who basically made it clear. Hey, guess what? I'm done here. More and more, I've been thinking about that. The better and better the Nets have done with the trade. Now, what does it mean for the Nets long term? Who the hell knows? They got a long way to go to try to figure out what they are as an NBA operation, what the next step is for them. But you look back on that trade, they did well. I don't know how you can fault me on that. You can't. All right, we got a loaded show. We'll get to all our Football Friday stuff. Uh, Voicemails right out of the gate at 917-382-1151. We'll have a Sunday show. Both teams play at 1. We'll be rocking probably right after Cowboys-Bills. That'll be the move. We'll be rocking right after Cowboys-Bills. Uh, We'll have the pot up for you right after Sunday Night Football, um, and then we'll be rocking Sunday and Thursday next week, working on trying to get our guy C.J. Uzama on, who's now in the rehab stages. So C.J. right now is not uh, in commission. Hopefully he will be soon. We wish him well. We wish him nothing but the best.
3: Uh, Voicemail time. Steph,
0: let's hear it. What do we got?
3: Hey, J.J., it's Anthony from Tom's River. Uh, First time I'm calling you since the Yankees officially got Soto. Um, uh, Obviously very happy about it. Uh, rumors now is that Yamamoto may be the favorite for the Yankees, which obviously I'm hopeful. And something that I brought up to you in the past about, you know, could they have kind of like a 2008 offseason where they're getting these big names? So hopefully that can come together, and the Yankees could once again be the favorite to uh, to get to the World Series. Um, but with that being said, uh, kind of like a, a sidebar here, uh, Otani signed last week, and, and we kind of see now that with the details of this contract. Uh, seven hundred million dollars, but a lot of that money is deferred. Kind of want to get your thoughts on that and uh, how you feel about that, and if that's something that you would want maybe the Yankees to do in the future. I'm kind of torn on the whole idea. Like I, I commend Otani for wanting to kind of win now and have the Dodgers spend more money, but at the same time, it does feel like a little fugazi in that like you could just basically push close to like. 680 million dollars 10 years from now um and obviously i would think that would hamstring your franchise 10 years from now but you know it is a big market they are the dodgers and who knows what that's going to look like in 10 years but just kind of want to get your thoughts on that whole thing as well and uh if that's uh if that's a strategy you would like to see maybe the yankees uh, maneuver at some point as well all right jj take care
0: well listen From a Yankees standpoint on Yamamoto, they go and get Yamamoto and and their offseason is Soto on Yamamoto. That's as star-studded, that's as top-notch an offseason as you could ever hope for. So if indeed we are talking about that over the next few days, that's a major, major win for a franchise that needed to restore some credibility amongst their fan base. That would give them major, major credibility. And it would really put pressure on them, as it should, the Yankees to go and have a monster year and go and get to the World Series, which is something they haven't done since 2009. Um, As far as the deferred contracts, I, I applaud the Dodgers. I applaud Otani for being hospitable to it because what it allows the Dodgers to do is say, yeah, listen, we're in on Yamamoto. We're in on Glass now. We're in on whoever because we have this window we're trying to win. And, hey, if the Yankees, let's say Soto, next year, says, listen, let's do something like this. I don't think he will. He's Boris Klein. I think he wants his money immediately. But if he was receptive to it, I'd, of course I'd be down. I wouldn't call it Figazi. Hey, they're not breaking any rule. Unless it becomes a rule in a collective bargaining agreement, then the Dodgers, the way I see it, did nothing wrong. Good for them. Good for them being forward-thinking enough to maybe even propose this to Otani and hey, Otani do to agree to it. So it takes two to tango More power to him. That's the way I see it. Whether it's for Gaze or not, it's fair game as far as I'm
2: concerned. Let's take another. Hey, Day, Joe from Monroe, New Jersey, long time Yankee fan, 60 years. I wanted to check in on the Otani deal, you know, for years, the Yankees were the evil empire of course, Steinbrenner went out and got these free agents. Major League Baseball is such phony. They talk about having some balance. They talk about having some competitive balance. And you have a loophole in these contracts whereby you don't have to pay the player for 10 years. How is that helping the small market team? I think something has to be done about it. And it's not a matter of salary, grade. It's about what's right for the league, what's right for the game. This is ridiculous. The Dodgers don't have to carry $68 million a year, and they could defer it for 10 years. That is really ridiculous. They got to close this loophole. Thanks, JJ.
0: Listen, appreciate it. You don't have to like it, but they're not breaking any rules. And as far as how you change it in collective bargaining, I have no idea. Uh, I've never sat down and done collective bargaining. You want to talk about FAIR and, you know, the idea of, like, a salary cap? The Players Association is never in a million years signing off on a salary cap in Major League Baseball. It will never happen. It will never happen. We'll be sitting here for three or four years waiting for baseball to resume before you have a salary cap in that sport. It's just not going to be the case. Um, but is this something now that triggers a conversation the next time they sit down for a CBA? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But listen, there's a precedent of deferred money being a part of contracts. Ken Griffey had it in his deal. We all know about the world famous and infamous, I should say, Bobby Bonilla Met contract. So there's there's a precedent to this. This is not this is not foreign. What's foreign about it is the amount of money that Shohei Otani is going to be paid. 10 years from now, and he can wait on it? Okay. He's probably like, great. I know when I retire, I got a $68 million nest egg coming to me every single year. If only we could all be so lucky to have a $68 million nest egg coming all the way. That would be nice. Super nice. All right, let's take one more.
4: What's up, JJ? Take two. This is Drew and Lincroft. Hey, I want to get your take on this Buffalo Cowboys line. Now, I'm really puzzled by this. So, you know, in the recent years, we've talked about How this, this, uh, home field advantage three point line, you know, plus three points has has gone away. Uh, and it's more like one and a half. Yet here we are. The Bills are favored at home by two and a half points, which, you know, would suggest that it was a neutral field against the Cowboys. It's, it's a, you know, a, a one and a half, one point line. And Dallas, now granted, they haven't been, You know, they had a huge win against the Eagles last week. But other other than that, haven't been beating uh, anyone too impressive. But they've won seven out of the last eight games. The Bills have won three of their last six games, I believe. They lost to Denver at home a month ago. Two months ago, they should have lost to my New York Giants. And, you know, is this just a lot of recency bias, in my opinion, with them beating the Chiefs? On the road, we've been talking about the Chiefs' uh, deficiencies for a little while now, so I don't know. I can't figure it out. The Cowboys are clearly the better team. Maybe it's the right spot, but anyway, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks.
0: Uh, You're going to get more thoughts because Cowboys-Bills is going to be one of my picks this week. You'll find out what that pick is in, in old school new school, but I think Buffalo is justifiable as a favorite. Because I think power rankings, there's not that much of a difference. You know, if we're going through power rankings, what do we put in the Cowboys? Second, third in the NFL? What do you put in Buffalo? Sixth, seventh in the NFL? And the game is being played in Western New York. And I think you also have to take into account the Cowboys have been a different team when they play away from their home stadium. When they're out of Jerry World, they're not the same offensive team. Numbers back that up. so. There will be a pick on Cowboys and Bills, but uh, as far as your point on the line, I think the line is legitimate, and I think it's honestly right where it should be. One and a half to two, right in that range. That's where the the line should be, and I think it will be right around there as we get closer and closer to kickoff and what's going to be a monster, monster game that's going to do a monster, monster number on Fox. Sunday, this is a great football weekend. I mean, it's a great football weekend. Uh, good luck talent. If your significant other does not like football. Now, many of you might have situations where your wife or your girlfriend, they're big football fans. You got nothing to worry about. You're like, great, they love football. But if your wife or girlfriend does not like football, trying to sell them on these Saturday games. And I know we have college football in our life and there are college games on, but if you're a big NFL fan, where like NFL is your thing and You know, college, you're kind of in and out, in and out, in and out. Selling them on, hey, honey, I I got three games to watch on Saturday. One, four, and eight. That's always a grand conversation. I love it, though. Saturday games are great. They're great. I wish we had a Saturday game last week. We got Saturday games now this week, next week, the following week, because it's New Year's week, and they're giving us the Saturday night game as opposed to a Monday game, because we'll have the college football playoff on Monday. You want to talk about the best time of the year to be a football fan. Now, basically through the divisional round, every weekend is a football extravaganza. And I'm here for it, and I love it. All right, speaking of football extravaganza, Beningo, this Caesar, Cats, Football Friday, Week 15, Picks, 10-0 in our last two weeks. Can we make it 15-0? From your lips to God's ears. Or from my lips to God's ears. I don't even know how you'd say. It. But anyway, the picks, Joe B, they're coming up next. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 moneyline bet wins. And a bunch of games I like this week. Pittsburgh Steelers getting points. I think they get it done against the Indianapolis Colts. Jacksonville Jaguars, I think they're a live dog on Sunday night. And you know, because our buddy Benigo stole my pick, the Jets are 1,000% covering the 8.5 against my beloved Miami Dolphins. So that's a bet I'd make as well on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet. Live same-game parlays, fine bets in a new Explore tab, Dive into the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com NYNY and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. All right, folks, now time for the Week 15 edition of Old School New School. We welcome in Joe Beningo. We have a lot to get to before we get to the picks. Joe, you woke up the Jet offense. I don't know. Maybe we need to, to call them out more often because what you got in the second half against the Houston Texans, let's be honest, that's something we haven't seen from the Jets all damn year.
5: You know what? It's really interesting because it looked like somebody took over the uh, plate calling from, from the Daniel Hackett in the second half. I I almost got the feeling that in the second half of the game, either Salah, maybe Rogers was calling the plays. Somebody got the Hackett and said, look, we got to scrap what we're doing and we're coming out winging it. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, they, they started throwing the ball on first down that first drive in the second half. They went right down the field for a touchdown. Second drive, they went down the field for a touchdown. They were throwing a ball on first down, and uh, it just looked like it was a total different play caller in the second half.
0: No doubt about it. Now we'll see if this is sustainable over the next four games. You're going to get my team that is very wounded, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where they down multiple starters on the offensive line. Tyree killing that ankle was gimpy in the Tennessee game. And, Joe, you called me. We talked on Tuesday before I hit the golf course. That was very Jet-esque from the Miami Dolphins. Oh, no That game up to the Titans. Jet-esque.
5: No, no question. No question. Look, I mean, I'm watching. I was going back and forth Monday night watching the Giants and you guys. And I see in the top corner, it's, you know, and I got the Dolphins laying 13 and a half, right? So I see the top corner. Wait, wait a minute. They're covering the number now? What the hell happened? And there was like a turnover. And then the next thing, okay, so I'm feeling better. Next thing I know, I'm watching the end of the Giant game. What do you mean it's 27 21 now? You know, I and mean, then when the Giant game ended, the, the, the Dolphins were still had about five minutes to go in the game. So I saw the end of that. And that was a brutal ending to the to that. I mean, the first team ever to blow a 14 point lead with less than three minutes to go in a game in the history of the league? That's, that's mind boggling to me.
0: Insanity, you think about. Insanity. Yep. Now, do you like getting Miami off of a loss like that, or would you would rather, rather get them they, off honestly, a win?
5: Honestly, I would have rather they blew out Tennessee, play them on a blowout, you know, play them when they're, you know, full of themselves and all cocky and all. Uh, now, you know, uh, I still feel pretty, I still feel decent about this game from the Jet standpoint, but I would feel better if the Dolphins had won and won big, to be honest with
0: you. Well, I'm telling you right now, Joe, this game is going to be ugly. It is going to be gross. It is going to be disgusting. They're talking about some wet conditions maybe, yeah, which yeah. is nothing new for the Jets because it feels like every Sunday Heavy the Jets or the, the Giants are playing right. a game in the rain. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. both of them are on the road this week. Giants, they don't got to worry about that. They're playing in the Dome in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. But they're talking about rain in the forecast. It's Saturday. I was supposed to play golf, and it's a complete washout in Florida. Are you going again? I am still going. I am still okay. going. We are bucking up. We are still making the trip. Uh, hopefully golf cooperates Friday, Saturday. There's no chance Sunday. We don't know what the weather looks like at the moment. I don't think the jets will have the same success offensively they did against the Texans, but I think your defense, because of all the issues, the dolphins are having on the offensive line. I think they're going to have a field day, Joe. I think it's 16, 10, 17, 13. I think this will be a gross football game on Sunday.
5: Well, Tyreek's also banged up. I mean, I know what he did. He came back in the game last week and then he went out again. He did make some plays. He made a couple nice plays for you guys in that game. So, I'm sure he's playing, but he might be a little limited with the ankle, right? Isn't that the issue with him?
0: Yes, and that's going to be an issue now for him moving forward. And you want to make a case, Joe, for the MVP? Look at the Dolphins when yeah, he's no, not in there. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. They're different and and teams listen, now. you know, maybe Tennessee had a good game plan, and, and it's not to say the Dolphins can't move the ball when he's not there. That's not fair. But Tyreek Hill is just a game changer on so many different fronts, on so many different levels. That game was exhibit A for the MVP. Before we do the picks, you were watching the Giant game on Monday. Mm -hmm. You're a Jersey guy. This DeVito storyline, it's fun, man. Like, listen, do I think he's the quarterback long-term? No. Do I think the 15 minutes of fame or the Cinderella story eventually is going to come to a crashing halt? Yeah. Probably whether it's this week, whether it's against the Eagles, whatever the case may be. But I think it speaks volumes to Brian Dable, keeping the team together and seeing this kid get better week in and week out. If I were a giant fan, I'd be very happy about
5: that. Well, I think it's all about Dave, to be honest with you. I mean, I give Devito all the credit, you know, not, you know, uh, you're always going to feel, uh, some kind of a kinship to an Italian guy from North Jersey. You of know course
0: you I mean? are. That's why I brought it up.
5: Right. Um, I, do, I really believe that, though. I think it's all about coaching. I've told you this in the past. If, if Zach Wilson was playing for a, a different coach, you know, if he was playing for Dable, I think Zach Wilson's a lot better than he's been. I, I, I really do. So I think DeVito, he's in the perfect situation with the right coach, and I think that's a big deal for him. I, do, I really do.
0: Well, Joe, you had yet another winning week, but you lost two games in the standings because your boy now has put together consecutive yep. back-to-back yep. Five and oh weeks to make this at least a competition in the home stretch of the year. And, Joe, it's a beautiful thing to say. I'm finally over the 500 mark. Good. 35, 31, and four on the year for you. You are 42, 27, and one after a three and two weeks. So you continue your winning ways. (laughs) Since you have the lead in the standings, I am still going to give you the honors. To kick off Week 15, we got three games on Saturday. Yep. full yep. slate on Sunday. A lot of fascinating games. Take it away, sir.
5: Yeah, uh, three and two now, two weeks in a row. Which you have gone five and all oh, two weeks in a row. So you actually picked up four four on me in the last two weeks, even though I'm still having uh, you know solid weeks. All right, <clears throat> Game One. I've been on this team for the last two weeks, and I'm going right back to them. I'm taking the Bengals laying three at home against Minnesota. You know, Minnesota benched Josh Dobbs. They're going with this guy Mullins now. And the Bengals are playing big. Jake Brown, he's playing big time football. And to me, there's a big, they're both sitting there at seven and six right now. But Minnesota is actually in better shape with the state of the NFC right now. Uh, you know, you got all these six and seven teams in the NFC. Minnesota would make the playoffs today. They come off that ugly three nothing win over the Raiders last week. I mean, you got to be kidding me, kicking a field goal with less than two minutes to go. And the Bengals are playing. Well, I mean, Browning's got it going, you know. They still got all their offensive weapons there. They're playing at home. I love Cincinnati. I'm going with them three weeks in a row, laying three at home on Saturday against Minnesota.
0: Listen, the Bengals have been very good to you. I think the Bengals clearly need the game a lot more. And yep. it, Browning, all of a sudden, gaining more and more confidence. Yep. You know the yep. defense is going to be well-coached with Coach Lou. And Cincinnati, they still have an uphill climb to get into the postseason. But give them a lot of credit for keeping their season alive, Joe, when with the Burrow injury, they could have had every reason to just fold up the tent, say sayonara, and pack it in. They did not do that, and they're alive and well. I'm going with a Saturday game as well. It's not Cincinnati, Minnesota. (laughs) This is the perfect spot to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Mm. Pittsburgh Steelers getting a point against the Indianapolis Colts. And I know what happened with Pittsburgh the last two weeks. They lost to New England on Thursday night. The week before, they lost to Arizona. There's a different feel with them, Joe, when they're a favorite, as opposed to when you're Mm. getting points with Pittsburgh. Who's playing
5: quarters? Who's playing quarterback? So, as of right now, it's
0: Trubisky, as far as I know. It's Trubisky. (laughs) That doesn't matter to me from this standpoint. They got extra time to prepare. Tomlin. I'm sure, has been destroying that team for a week. And and I know there are questions about T.J. Watt, and I know the injury report is scary. I just can't imagine Pittsburgh now losing this game and seeing their season completely unravel. Because to be honest, if they go and lose this game to Indianapolis, and I know Indianapolis has played hard, and Minshew's a nice story, and Steichen's done a great job, this is a game the Steelers win. I'm only getting a point and a half. I expect the Steelers to come out firing here in this game. I really do. I think it's a Steelers spot. I love Tomlin in the underdog role. Give me Pittsburgh, who I've been down on all year. Mm-hmm. I'm taking them here, plus the point and a half. They win the game outright.
5: Well, that's a you know a big playoff, play, all kinds of playoff implications in that game with both teams sitting there at 7 and 6. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I could see the Steelers there. All right, <clears throat> game two, I'm taking Cleveland Lane 3 against the Bears at home. Uh, I know the Bears have played a lot better. They come off that win last week over Detroit. You know, field's had a solid game. They're playing much better football in Chicago. But, you know, Cleveland's good, man. They're 8-5. and five. They're, clear, they're right now in a, right in a playoff spot. Joe Flacco has been a revelation the last two weeks. It's unbelievable. They beat a very good Jaguar team last week that needed the game. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence did play in that game, too. You know, I love Cleveland's defense. They're at home. Uh, I I just, I can't see the Bears beating me. And I'm only laying three. I'm very surprised the number is this low. So I'm taking the Browns, laying three at home against the Bears on Sunday.
0: Well, listen, the Browns have been a totally different team, home as opposed to the road. Flacco, unbelievable Unbelievable. the way he's been playing the last two weeks. And and you know, Joe, what makes it even more unbelievable is the fact that this guy was literally doing nothing Nothing. for the first 10
1: weeks of the year. He's yep.
0: sliding in. He's throwing 300-yard games. Gives Stefanski a lot of credit for coaching him up and getting yep. him in a position to succeed.
5: He can still throw the football, bro. He, could always, he always has had the off to throw. It's a matter of giving him time to throw, really. Giving That's
0: him cool. time. Listen, the guy 10 years ago, 11 years ago, was a Super Bowl MVP. So we do yep. understand that. The only thing I'd say about this game, and I get your point, Cleveland defense, great at home. Different team when they're at home. This line is low at three, man.
5: Yeah, it I know. Is. It is, and I don't it don't know is a if little it's, scary.
0: I don't know if it's Vegas respecting Chicago because of the win over Detroit and Justin Fields really starting to come together over the last few weeks. I, I'm staying away from this one. I get your logic with the Brownies. I do. Uh, and they've been good to us. We've taken them a lot. We ha- I had them last week. Yep. Uh, but I'm yep. going to stay away here. So here's what I'm doing okay. game two. Taking so. the team I saw in person On Monday night, taking the Tennessee Titans, laying the points against the Houston Texans. Now, we don't know at this point in time if C.J. Stroud is going to play or not because he got concussed at the end of your game. It's possible he does. Courtesy
5: of Quinn Williams.
0: Yes. And and listen, the Jet defensive line dominated the game and Houston looked like a team that was missing elements that have been successful Mm -hmm. for them all season long. They did not have Tank Dell in the game against the New York Jets. Nico Collins went down in the game against the New York Jets. And here's what I know about Tennessee. They compete their asses off for Mike Vrabel. And I know it's not been a vintage Tennessee year, and they've lost some games. Levis gaining confidence, playing well. The team has not quit on Mike Vrabel. And, Joe, look at this line. Tennessee with a losing record favored against the team that needs to win the game to go and get into the postseason. I think this line tells you something. Whether Stroud plays or whether he doesn't, I don't care. I'm locking in the Tennessee Titans. They will get it done. And I think we're talking about the Eastern Texans. Good story, competed, but this is where the clock kind of strikes midnight for them as far as their playoff hopes.
5: Interesting. Interesting, and Tennessee does play hard, but Vrabel is no doubt about it. He is
0: a phenomenal coach, Joe. He's a good and coach. Let me tell you something: if Belichick's going to leave, it will bother me if Mike Vrabel finds his way to New England. I don't want any part of that. Keep him in Tennessee.
5: I hear you, bro. I'm still not sold on Belichick leaving, especially with the fact that they're going to have a high draft choice to get a quarterback. So that's something to think about. We'll see. Speaking of Belichick, game game three, I'm taking the Chiefs laying the eight and a half in New England. I mean, the Chiefs. I just can't see that. Look, they've lost two games in a row. Uh, very tough loss to the Packers two weeks ago. The brutal loss to Kansas City. You know, Sidarius Tony being offside, costing them the game. Let's be honest. When all is said and done. Um, By the way, that think- was the right call.
0: They got that call right. That yeah, was the call right was call.
5: The call was right. The call was right. But whatever. But the bottom line is, you know, that's how they lost the game. Look, I, I know the Chiefs are not the same team. I still don't discount them, though. You know, I look at the AFC. Right now, to me, the three best teams in football are in the NFC. And that's San Francisco, uh, Dallas, and Philadelphia. I agree with that. Uh, I would put them one, two, three three as well. I really would. Yep. Yep. Three best teams in the league are those three. But the AFC's better because the AFC's deeper. There's more good teams in the AFC than there is in the NFC. The NFC's very top-heavy. I still don't discount Kansas City. And I just can't see them losing three games in a row. The Patriots are coming off that Thursday night win over, over Pittsburgh. I guess Bailey Zappi's playing quarterback again. I think the Chiefs are going to go in there and smoke them. You know, you're only laying eight and a half. I could certainly see the Chiefs win this game by a couple of touchdowns. They need this game. I, I don't see Kansas City losing three in a row. And Denver's right breathing down their neck. Denver's only a game behind them right now in the division. So I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm laying the eight and a half in Foxborough against the Patriots.
0: You know, I thought about that line and it, it just seems it's another one of these lines that's like a layup. Like I, I, I don't understand how this oh, game it is would...
5: road. It is it is a road game though for that.
0: I get that. I just new I don't think New England all of a sudden has found something here. I'm looking at that no. game against uh what's it called? Against Pittsburgh as a one off. Um, but yeah, I I it's Chiefs to pass as far as I'm concerned. I didn't put in my five because it just seemed well too good to be true. All right. I'm going with a team, Judd. has been very good to me the last few weeks. And I think you know who this is. They covered last week. They didn't win. I love the Rams laying six and a half Mm. against the Commanders. I Uh, mean, the Rams, Cooper Cup looked revitalized against the Ravens last week. Puka Nakua is making plays week after week. And if they give Stafford time to throw, he is going to carve that Commanders secondary up. I mean, the Commanders are one of the worst pass defenses in all football. The Rams, despite the loss, the road for them to make the postseason, it's there. If they go and win
5: yep, two yep. of their
0: next three games, they get to or three of the next four, and they get to nine and eight, they're going to be in at nine and eight in the NFC. And I like the way they're trending. I like the way they're playing. McVay, remember, spent a lot of time in Washington. Maybe this is a game that has a little additional meaning for him. I'm taking the Rams. They are 100% winning this game by at least a touchdown. Ramies, who have been my squad the last few weeks, Joe, I'll take them laying six and a half.
5: Yeah, you, you and you went out on a limb on the uh, on the TV show there on SNY. You went out on a limb about three weeks ago and said the Rams are making the playoffs. So right now, uh, you, you know, that's not looking too bad, bro. That's not looking well, bad. Well,
0: listen, somebody's got to make you mentioned the depth <clears throat> of the AFC compared to the NFC. The NFC, the Dallas-Philly loser is one wild card. Yeah. After that, yep. man, I mean, it's the two yeah. teams in the North, yeah. And you have the loser of the South and all those teams are garbage. I mean, I don't Absolutely. care what team you're talking about. No, they no all question. stink. Yep. And then the Rams, to me, are better than Seattle. Seattle's going in the wrong direction. And, oh, by the way, the Rams beat Seattle twice. A little food for thought.
5: Yep, yep. No, the Rams are playing well. You've been on them, and uh, good job by you. All right, game four. I thought I thought about this for a while. I'm taking a kind of a flyer on this, but I'm taking the Jaguars at home get three and a half against Baltimore. Uh, I'm still not, I know Baltimore's 10 and three. They got the best record in the conference. I'm not sold 100% on them. Uh, they pulled one kind of out of their rear end last week with that punky turning all the time and all of that. The Jaguars have lost two in a row. You know, they're, uh, they got a slim one game leading their division over the Colts. And like you said, you talk, I don't buy the Texans either, but the Colts, you know, the Colts are viable. I think it's a big game for Jackson. I think they need a win. I think they need this game more than the Ravens do. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And I'm getting three and a half at home. Trevor is playing. I know he was a little banged up last week and all that. But I'm taking the Jaguars getting three and a half at home against Baltimore.
0: Well, Joe, we have a family play, uh, which is not ideal when you're trying to chase <laughs> no, your dad yeah, you down in the standings. Anyway, right? Uh, but I love Jacksonville this week. To everything you just said, they need a signature performance. I think it's another week Lawrence can heal up. The fact that he was able to get through that Cleveland game and played better as the game went along, I think is a good sign for them. And, and I saw the Rams last week almost going to Baltimore and win the game outright. Yep, so yep, I, I yep. think there's opportunity mm-hmm. and there are plays to be made against that Raven defense. Now, Baltimore is founded from a pass game perspective. You know, Odell Beckham Jr., has really come to life, and he's had a revitalization over the last couple weeks. But I think, Joe, the three and the hook is a big deal in this game because I can easily see this being a three-point game. You even want to tell me Baltimore wins by three? Great. We're getting the hook here. I'm riding with you. I love Jacksonville this week. I think they're the right side in the game.
5: Yeah. No, I'm with you. Well, obviously, I'm with you 100%. All right, bro. The final game, I got to take my team here. Now, this, I gotta take the Jets to get an eight and a half. And I, I I'm back and forth back and forth with this. It opened like an eleven and a half. And you know, Well, I wonder out. if
0: that was pre Zach Wilson. It might Pre-Zack have been Zach Wilson
5: and pre-loss by the Dolphins. Too. I think
0: a combination of the two. Right. It was pre Zach, so maybe that was what the look ahead line was, thinking it was a different quarterback. And then you knew they were gonna drop that number after the Dolphins losing the Jets win. That's just like inevitable. You know what I mean?
5: Inevitable. Right. Now, look, I would like it better. If Miami had won and blew out Tennessee last week, I actually would like that better. You know, maybe they go in a little overconfident. I don't know. And I think that I I, I totally buy. The, I totally believe the Dolphins. Even though they blew that lead late, they didn't play well in this game. No, they
0: played terribly.
5: No, they played at all. terribly in the game. It was their worst well. game.
0: I'll, I'll take it a step further. It was their worst game of the year, and that includes the losses they had to KC, Philly, and Buffalo. Right. Worst game of the right.
5: year. Not even close. Yeah, they, they didn't play well. Tyreek was banged up. That didn't help him, though he did come back in the game. And I think they took I, I think they took Tennessee lightly last week, to be honest with you. I think there's, there's something to that. Uh, I think the Jets are going to play him tough. Look, I don't expect Zach to play the kind of game he played last week. I mean, I don't expect that. Um, but look, I mean, you know, I saw DeAndre Hopkins be wide open all over the place in the game against your guys in the secondary. Maybe that bodes well for Garrett Wilson. I just think, like you said earlier, this is going to be a, a low scoring, especially if you factor in if it's going to be torrential downpours in this game or whatever in Miami. And the Jets are used to playing in the rain, but whatever. I think eight and a half is a big number. I'm, I don't know if we're going to win. I, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think the, And I think the Jets got a, a little motivation here from what happened on Black Friday, you know, with the uh, fail Mary play. Remember remember that game, Would if you take that play out of it, a fluke play like that, that's a 10-6 game at halftime as much as Miami seemed to have dominated that first half. So um, I- I'm taking the Jets, getting the points here, you know, and uh, we'll see what happens. Give me the Jets in the eight and a half in Miami.
0: So full disclosure, I was planning on picking the Jets plus eight and a half, but I cannot go with a second family play here, Joe, because <laughs> listen, I want to try no, and catch And in the standings. And that's one, let's be honest, I'm not rooting for anyway. No, of course not. So now what I'm doing is I am pulling the Peyton Manning. I'm looking at the line of scrimmage. The Jets are out. I agree with everything you said. The game will be within the number. The game will be a three- to four-point game. It will be ugly. It'll be sloppy. And I'll be biting my fingernails down at South Florida. So I wholeheartedly agree, but I have to go in a different direction. You know what I'm doing? I'm going back to the well here. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills,
5: laying the two against the
0: Dallas Cowboys. And I know Dallas has played great.
5: What's the line on that game? Two and a half? Two. 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 Buffalo Down, by uh, two. Buffalo's favored by two right? they are. at home.
0: Here's why. Buffalo, number one, needs the game a lot more. Buffalo is in desperation mode. And not only is Buffalo in desperation mode for the postseason, they can kind of position themselves because they play the Chargers, backup quarterback, New England, mm-hmm. who stinks. Miami has tough games.
5: Dallas got to play the Ravens and Ravens at Baltimore right right
0: there's a path now for Buffalo to go and steal the AFC East from the Miami Dolphins so I'm taking Buffalo at home Dallas has not been the same team on the road I mean let's look at this for a minute they smoked Philadelphia that was at home yeah They, they, they take care of Seattle that was at home you can make plays on that Cowboys secondary. Hey, they lost
5: to Arizona on the road, bro. They did. And they, they got did. killed by the Niners on the road. The killed by the Niners. I'll more. give hey.
0: them a pass on that because they're the Niners. Arizona, <laughs> right. they lost. They barely beat the Chargers. Right. I think Josh should've Allen is be, uh, Let me say play. this.
5: Should have probably won the game against Philly in Philly. I will say that.
0: Fair enough. Yes, they probably should have. And Stefan letting me know that line is at one and a half, not okay. two. It's not going to matter. I think it's a statement game again here for Buffalo. So, hopefully, Joe, this audible does not cost me a win, but in the spirit of four weeks to go in the regular season, okay. needing to make up ground, I'm out on Jets plus eight and a half. I will take the Bills, laying the point and a half in game number five.
5: And I, gi- and I give you credit for, you know, even though you're not take- not playing the game for because you don't want to go uh, even with me here, um, I give you credit for going against your team in that spot. Well, no, I was going to,
0: I just thought it was way too many points. That, yeah. uh, to be perfectly honest with you, like when I saw the line, I said eight and a half, that's too many points. That's too yeah. many points. So I can't take it. I, I w- if we didn't have the Jacksonville family play, I right. probably would have just left it and right. we would have right. been done with it. But, you know, I th- to be honest, I had six games for five spots anyway. So this kind of, you know, okay. makes it easy. And then we could kind of go from there. All right. So to recap here, Joe is rolling with the Jets plus eight and a half. He is rolling with Jacksonville, plus the three and a half, Kansas City, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. I am rolling with Buffalo, Jacksonville, the Rams, Tennessee, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are the picks for week number 15. Uh, Joe, as a final thought, Yamamoto, (laughs) Dodger, Yankee, Met.
5: What do you think? I do not think my team's getting them. I am very down on my, foot. My, I, I, you know how I feel, David Stearns. Look, here's the bottom line on David Stearns. They brought this guy in here. He's a small market general manager, and he's running the Mets like a small market team. And I really believe this, okay? Everybody killed the Wilpons, rightfully so, you know, Freddie Coupons, Jeff Wilpon, all of that, okay? This guy was brought in here to keep Steve Cohen from spending tons of money. And to me, Steve Cohen is more worried, I'm very down on him, he's more worried about Ferris wheels next to City Field, casinos next to City Field, than he is about his baseball team. I'm very disgusted. Mauricio's done for the year, that's a big hit, okay? All right, I was looking forward to him being the third, everyday third baseman, I think of all the young guys they got, he's the best. He had now, energy. Done,
0: he was athletic. Right. Uh, he no would doubt. have been the third baseman too. No, no he would have
5: been. right? So he's done for the year now. I'm concerned that they're not going to. They're not going to sign Alonzo. I'm very worried about that. Um, I'm down on him. I don't think they're getting Yamamoto. I, in fact, you ask me, I don't think he's going to the Dodgers because I don't think he's going to go where Otani is. I really don't. I think he's going to play for your team. I think he's going to be a Yankee. and that's going to get. And that's going to make the Mets fan even more thick. Yeah, I agree with that. The Mets fan is going
0: to be delirious if he goes right, to the Yankees. Right,
5: At Steve Cohen. So what are we doing, bro? Are we going to do anything? What are we doing? Are we I want to share the
0: text with the audience that you sent me the other day. Right. Uh, forget Yamamoto. Joe goes, quote, we
5: got stirred. Right. <laughs> right. I'm very down on this guy I'm telling you. What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Are they going to sign Justin Turner? We need, you know, we need. I effort. love Justin
0: Turner for your yeah, team. That'd course. be a great fit. Be, of course. But here's the problem. If they don't end up with Yamamoto, they need to go and pivot and get themselves another starting pitcher. They of have course. to.
5: Of course. Jordan Montgomery, I guess. I mean, I, don't I know. like
0: Montgomery. Montgomery's like a winner. I too.
5: But, he, but I mean, apparently, look, I don't know. Look, I haven't seen, I don't know about anything about Yamamoto except he's supposed to be great, right? So who knows who's he's going to be, right? Supposedly he's better than Senga and all of this. I don't know. But I mean, to me, if they don't wind up with this guy, what are you doing this year? You know what I mean, bro? Well, well what it's is tough, the, to, it's what tough to envision that they're going to gonna be. sell the Met fan? Issue. Well, listen,
0: I don't think they're going to be a big-time contender with or without him. I think they're thinking the following year, to be perfectly honest with you. But, you it's know, six ridiculous. teams make the playoffs. You know, you have an up-and-coming team. You could sell the one-two rotation punch. You know, you could sell maybe one or two mm-hmm. of the young guys stepping in and surprising some people. If they don't end up with Yamamoto, that path becomes less mm-hmm. viable,
5: you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm very ticked off. I mean, why should we have to punt the season away? We punted last year. Now you're telling me that we're looking at next year. You know, Steve Cohen came in here and basically said we're going to be a contender every year. Well, that's BS. That's not the case at all. And I'm telling you, this guy, he's a small market GM, and he's running the Mets like a small market team.
0: Joe, a parting thought. We love it. Um, I will see you next week before the Christmas holiday. By the way, uh, question normally, for you. I, normally, I'd wish you luck, but I'd be lying this week, so I'm not going to I do understand.
5: That. Now, you question know. for you. A couple things. You got your big SNY party tonight?
0: That is correct. Big shindig before I fly down to Florida. That is correct. Now,
5: what, Now, when are you going to Florida? Tomorrow morning? Tomorrow morning. Quick turnaround for your boy. And you're playing golf tomorrow, there.
0: Hopefully. Weather permitting. We have a got window. It. It's not a great window. 50% chance of rain with a whole lot. You of
5: realize wind. that you might have a better chance to play golf here tomorrow. Oh, I'm well aware.
0: 54 well degrees, and I'll take it a step further. I got Saturday, time already. I definitely would have been able to play golf. Saturday right. is going to be in the 50s as well in New York right. City.
5: Yeah, is that right? Saturday too?
0: Yeah, because I got
5: a short show Saturday. Maybe I can squeeze out Saturday too. Yeah. Maybe I can. There is football
0: though, so you might want to watch the games. I don't know.
5: Well, look, if I could play golf, there's plenty. Look, even yeah, I, I was going Bengals- to say,
0: you get, you could go play golf, get back for the second half of that Cincinnati right. Minnesota game. You'd be gold. Right. Yeah. Right. I right. get and it. And I bro. got
5: the Bengals. I got the Bengals game. Actually, it's a very good triple header, bro. Every game has playoff implications. Juice. Every a lot week. of juice. A lot of yep. sizzle.
0: I like it. Yep. I yep. like it. So, uh, yeah, you will be on the golf course probably on Saturday. I will not be. So,
5: Well, well, you have a safe trip to Florida, bro. All the love. All my best to everybody at SNY. I'll pass All that right? along.
0: We'll do. You know what I mean? We'll do. Couple Season's people, greetings. A couple the whole people staff. I'm not
5: too thrilled about there, as you know, but we won't mention any names.
0: I'll uh, say you- nothing. <laughs> no comment. I plead No comment.
5: I understand. <laughs>
6: Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer.
0: We go from our buddy Joe B to our guy in the desert, Art Caesar, Westgate Superbook extraordinaire, getting us ready for week 15 in the NFL. Art,
1: back to back five in a weeks. What do I have in store for an encore? J.J., you have been as good as it could be. You know I've been texting you. I'm rooting like hell for you, especially, too, because you started that Circa Contest quarter off 5-0, my man. That means you are in the hunt to maybe get a piece of the pie.
0: Hey, listen, better late than never. We understand that. It has not been a great NFL season, but if we could turn it around and make some money and make some magic over the final month of the year— and get that rolling in the postseason, we're going to be Um, A-OK. I want to hit you on both of these local games right out of the gate. Jets, Giants. Jets at eight and a half, big number. Giants at six. Who's more live, in your opinion, on the road this week? The Giants with DeVito against the Reeling Saints. The Jets, the great defense, Miami, issues, injuries, offensive line and Tyree Kill. Who's more live in week 15 between the two New York locals?
1: I think they're both live, but I'll say if I had to pick one, I would go with the Jets. Interesting as far as the betting goes, public is on the Saints, not necessarily saying that the Sharps are on the Giants, but there is public money on the Saints, and there is some Sharp money on the Jets at that 8, 8.5. So if you just want to break down from public and Sharp on the games – I would so I would side with the Sharps with the Jets. Now the Giants never play well in New Orleans. Like never. It just seems they just seem like they did win there last time they
0: were there if I'm not mistaken Orleans yeah, That was with it, DJ a
1: few years ago. Yeah, it just feels like when they go there though, it's a disaster. Now a lot of times I was with Breeze and that offense and obviously it's a, you know listen, this is totally different. and you and I both know the Saints are not good. That is not a good football team. I think they're horribly coached. They just have a lot of issues. So I think both are live, but I think the Jets are a little bit more live because especially you're getting eight, eight and a half. You're getting well over a touchdown, whereas the Giants could play close, lose by seven, and you lose the game.
0: We got three Saturday games. Are are these lines going to be sharper art on a Saturday because you're going to have more of a handle on them?
1: There's no doubt about it. I mean, you almost have to treat them as three standalone games because they are. I mean, you're going to have, you know, your morning, midday, and and late night games. So, obviously, you're going to have no college, really, to interfere with. You have some bowl games, but they're the early slate of the bowl games, which really nobody cares about. And if Sharps have bet these bowl games, they've already bet them, and the numbers have moved so much that they'll only get involved with the bowl games in in-game scenarios. So, yeah, these NFL Saturday games this week, next week, going to be very sharp.
0: Uh, if there's a game on Saturday that you guys are going to have a vested interest in rooting for, what do you think you'll have the most liability on Saturday? Dallas.
1: Dallas is so Oh, that's Sunday. That's Sunday. That's all on Saturday. As far as Saturday goes, we're going to need Pittsburgh.
0: Wow. You guys are actually going to need Pittsburgh. Yes. We're going to need Pittsburgh. That never happens. Which never never happens.
1: happens. but you see the way the tide has turned on the Steelers. People are so down on the Steelers and normally the Steelers sharps love to bet them at home when they're getting points. I get that that's not this scenario and the public loves to bet Pittsburgh. No public love for Pittsburgh this week. And it's not even that it's a lot of sharp love for the Colts. It's just money has kept flowing in and flowing in and flowing in on the Colts. We will definitely need Pittsburgh.
0: All right. Well, that's good to know. So let. What- me get to the Beningo and Justremsky picks. I'm going to give you my picks first. Back-to-back 5-0 weeks. Uh, let's see if we can make it 15-0. That would be something. I, I might retire if that happens. Uh, I'm on the Steelers. Or I love them in the game. I think Tomlin is an underdog. I think they're angry. I think they're ticked off. They got something to prove. I'm taking Tennessee, who I saw firsthand against my team. I think that line is telling with them being favored against the Houston Texans. We don't know if Stroud's playing here on Thursday as we tape this. Then I'm taking Buffalo. I was going to take the Jets. We'll get to that momentarily. I slid the Jets out. I went with Buffalo, audible line of scrimmage type deal. Rams at six and a half. Jacksonville plus the points at three and a half. How do we feel about Steelers, Titans, Buffalo, the Rams, and
1: Jacksonville for week 15? So let's start with that Saturday game, Pittsburgh. I'm with you. I think. This is a spot where maybe it's a buy-low spot on Pittsburgh, and it feels like that Steeler defense could turn Minshew over a handful of times. So if you get that type of scenario, obviously it's a point and a half that probably doesn't play into it. You just probably need Pittsburgh to win the game outright. I'm with you. I think that can happen. Rams, yeah, it's under a touchdown. The Rams are still fighting for stuff. Washington season is over. So you'd be happy to take a home team under the touchdown Rams are definitely a good scenario there. JJ, Buffalo might be my favorite play of the week. I I think Buffalo is going to win the game. I do, and obviously it's a short price. Dallas has been great, but Dallas will come back to earth a little bit. And Dallas is a different team on the road. We've seen that.
0: Their defense Mm -hmm. is not the same, and their offense is not the same.
1: No, it's not. And, I mean, JJ, we've been talking about this all week in our risk room. I understand the AFC is wide open, and Buffalo can lose to anybody, and they still have to get in. But nobody's going to want to see Buffalo in the playoffs. Not me. Dude, if they play Miami, I'm going to be devastated. If you told me right now Buffalo made the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be shocked. Buffalo has a good of a chance as your team, as Kansas City, as as Baltimore. They're right in that mix. So I think Buffalo's going to have a big game this week. Tennessee's interesting. You're right. The line is very telling. Under a field goal, two and a half. Obviously, the Stroud situation. And listen, Will Levis has a little something. There's a little something about him, you know. Listen, he's a young kid, so he's gonna make his mistakes too. But I think when you get them at home and maybe they want to play a little bit of a spoiler role. So don't hate that there. Jacksonville, remind me, I forgot. Who's Jacksonville playing? Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore, yeah. That's the Sunday one. Night. That's the one. I man, I don't know about this Jacksonville team. They're they're one of those teams where I'm still going to ride with Baltimore. It's three. You don't have to lay like three and a half or four in the game. There's still threes out there. I'm going to X you on that one. But I'm still four and one with your picks. I like four out of the five very much. And you're hot. You got to ride.
0: Well, listen, I audibled from the Jets to Buffalo because Joe, I didn't want to have two family plays, trying to catch him in the standings, and he went first. Uh, He's got Jacksonville. He's got the Jets. His other three here, Cincinnati. Cleveland, small price on Cleveland against Chicago, which would worry which would worry me a little bit. And then he's laying it with Kansas City. Who could blame him on that against the lowly Patriots? So how do you feel about Cincinnati, Cleveland, KC? We know your feelings on Jacksonville, and we know your feelings on the Jets.
1: Yeah, we're absolutely off on uh, Jacksonville. And I, I like the Jets, so he's one and one to start. Cincinnati is interesting. I think that going to Mullins as the quarterback I'll say this about Minnesota. you got to give that coach a lot of credit. He has coached his butt off this year. He's had four different quarterbacks. The receiver's been out for long stretches of, of time. And Cincinnati, give them credit too, because now obviously they don't have one of the best players in the league. I think Minnesota's the right side. I'm not going to give Joe the love there. I think actually taking the points with Minnesota, now you missed the best number earlier in the week, five, five and a half. You know a half. It's gone all the way to three now. There might still be a couple three and a halfs out there. I can't give him the blessing there i got to give them the blessing with Kansas City. Kansas City makes sense. Obviously, New England's not playing for anything. Their season's over, even though they beat Pittsburgh last week. But Kansas City, awful loss. you got to feel good about that. And I'm with you. That is a very interesting game because Cleveland, it feels like a short price. And obviously, the Bears and Fields have played a lot better. But I think Cleveland's defense, I think Flacco's given them a little bit of a shot in the arm. So I think getting them at three, even if it's three minus 20, the fact that it's not three and a half, I think that's the right side. So I would take Cleveland. I still like three out of five of Joe's picks, but you're four and one. So I'm going to ride with you this week. Again, ride the hot hand, and your picks are better.
0: Like the sound of that. All right, before we get to your tease of the week, what's the rat line here
1: for week 15, Art? Oh, I think the rat line could be Atlanta. It, it just, it. Atlanta is so damn spotty, JJ. I understand Carolina is clearly the worst team in the league, but you're getting a divisional home dog late in the season who maybe shows a little bit of pride. You're getting three points. I just think Atlanta should be favored by four, four and a half points. That line should be so, higher. I totally agree. It, it I totally, really totally, totally agree. And the fact that nobody's wanting to touch it, there is not one respected player who wants to come in and say, I'll lay it with Atlanta. And, JJ, they don't even want to come in and lay the money line because sometimes they'll do that. Sometimes they'll say, I'm going to take the points out of it. The team's just going to win. I'll lay minus 180. I got plenty of chips to play with. They don't even want to do that. So that, to me, is a little bit of a fishy line.
0: All right, bud. Tease. Let's get it going, man. What are we Uh thinking?
1: Two-team six-point tease. I'm going to take Joe's Chiefs. I think that's the right side. We're going to tease them to two. That's the move. It's under a field goal. They escape the game. They win the game. They don't escape the game. They probably win the game by double digits. But man, if they lose or even, you know, win and don't cover this, they got a lot of problems. And I think Denver on Saturday, in a game that we didn't even talk about, Denver and the Lions. Denver was good to me last week and then it blew up in my face. But I think Denver's gonna fight. I know the Lions usually come off of, you know, a bad game or when they're not looking great or people are down on them, they're gonna play hard. But I think giving 10, 10 10.5 points to Denver is too many in a teaser. So I think the two-team six-point tease for me this week is going to be Chiefs minus two, and we're going to take Denver plus 10.5.
0: I like that. Denver been in a lot of games. Denver desperately needs it against Detroit, so you're getting them north of 10, and Kansas City can't possibly Lose no. to New England Patriots. Come, Come on, on. now. <laughs> Can't happen. On that note, Arthur Caesar, enjoy. We will chat next week before the Christmas holiday. Enjoy all the football this weekend. All right, big dog?
1: JJ, absolutely. It's always a pleasure to join you. Listen, keep your hot streak going, my man. Not a bigger cheerleader in your corner than me right now. Keep stacking up those wins. Let's keep cashing tickets, and we'll talk next week.
0: All right, Art right, Dice. Chat soon. All right. We go from Art Dice to Jason Katz momentarily.
6: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. I'm not jogging. I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. All
0: right. We wrap it up like we do each and every football Friday. Jason Katz, Pro Football Network, playoff time. These fantasy decisions mean now everything to us, Jason. Uh, If you thought the pressure was on last week, the pressure is really on now the next couple weeks. You ready
7: to go? Always. You you never pass up the opportunity to remind me how important all these things are, and I, I do appreciate that. Well, listen, we put the pressure on you. We like putting you on the hot seat. Here's
0: my first question, and it has nothing to do with players. It's more of a general fantasy conversation you have guys that have been very good to you over the course of the season right like there are guys that you know have kind of maybe got you to where you are at this point in the fantasy campaign whether it's i don't even want to give you a name but you get my drift if they have a bad matchup this week where do you stand on like do i play them do i sit them do you, do you have any like loyalty as a fantasy owner of what a guy may have done for you throughout the regular season? Because you know what I mean, Jason? Like, I feel if you... Perfect example of this, I had Brett Favre, the year he was with the Vikings. Amazing season with the Vikings. I sat him in the fantasy championship for Carson Palmer because he had a better matchup against a crummy team. And it ended up costing me a championship because I started Carson Palmer with Cincinnati, with Cincinnati, over Brett Favre in Chicago when he still had a monster game in the cold and the treacherous conditions and whatnot. And I feel like I forever now have had PTSD because of that, and I'm loyal to my guys who kind of carry me. Where do you stand on that?
7: They always say you start your studs. And that is 100% true. The issue fantasy managers typically run into is in defining who is actually a stud. Because who is a stud changes as the season goes on. For example, is Devontae Adams a stud? I don't think so. I think if you want to sit Devontae Adams playing with Aiden O'Connell, I know people will be listening to this at uh, the beginning of the to be over, but it's just an example. If you wanted to sit Devontae Adams playing with Aiden O'Connell in a game where he's facing Easton Stick with a total of like 33 points, I don't consider Devontae Adams a stud. I think that's okay to do for a lesser player with a better matchup and a better quarterback. So to your overall point, I don't think that your decision to sit Brett Favre some probably 14 years ago was necessarily a bad one. It did not work out, but it's not necessarily a bad one. And we'll we'll get into that a little later when we get to the start sits. But there are some guys who are definitely studs that I think could be behind some guys who we may not necessarily have considered studs. Fascinating. Um, We have the Saturday games this week. There are three. Full
0: slate on Sunday. So your fantasy matchups might be pending throughout these next few days. Uh, Jason, quarterback. There are a lot of backups playing. I know a lot of people in the playoffs are probably going to have backup quarterbacks starting for them. The must-play, must-avoid Week 15 quarterback.
7: What do we got? So now this is where the teaser comes in. We are starting Matthew Stafford against the Washington Commanders. Uh, last week, I had Safford as the sit, and that did not work out because he is playing some of the best football of his career. In fact, this is the best he's been playing since that 2021 Super Bowl season. After failing to reach 17.5 fantasy points over the first 11 weeks of the season, he has now scored about 23 in three straight, including the aforementioned tough matchup against the Ravens. This week, he gets a commander's defense, allowing 22 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. the second most in the league. Safford is easily top eight, and I would go so far as to say I would start him over Patrick Mahomes this week. Now for your sit. I got to put this guy on here because he's been this locked-in starter for the last two weeks. That's Jake Browning. He has been far better than anyone ever could have imagined since replacing Joe Burrow. Last two weeks, not only QB won. An elite QB one 22.6, 24.7 fantasy points. Here's the thing. A bunch of his yards has come from like screens and well-designed plays. Really, really smart by the Bengals. But it's been a lot of yards after the catch. He scored about 20 or so fantasy points more than he realistically should have based upon how he's performed. Vikings allowed the 11th fewest fantasy points the game to quarterbacks. They just held the Raiders to no points. I don't think this will be a total disaster. But, I mean, I'd be surprised if Browning throws more than one touchdown this week. I think you're looking at like 12 to 14 fantasy points, which just probably not getting it.
0: You know, back. Jason, I actually thought from the must-avoid quarterback, I thought you were going to give me Tua, considering the state of affairs with Tyreek and the state of
7: affairs with the Miami Dolphin offensive line. Got him in. I'm surprised on that one. It, I, it's, it's just, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if anyone was in a situation where they could actually sit Tua. We have all these backup quarterbacks, as you mentioned, starting. I think a third of the league is playing like a backup quarterback at this point, even against the Jets in a bad matchup. I, I still think that Tua is is a top 12 quarterback. If Tyreek's not out there, then, I mean, I think the offense falls apart, and that'll be a different conversation to have. But as of right now, I kind of think Tyreek plays. I think so,
0: too. Now, how effective is he going to be is a different conversation. All right, Jason, running back, week
7: 15, what catches your eye? I absolutely love Dave Montgomery this week. The emergence of Jameer Gibbs has undoubtedly lowered Montgomery's ceiling. The guy that was playing 80% of the snaps early in the season, getting 25 touches, he's not coming back. But last week was the first time all season, excluding the game where Montgomery hurt his ribs, where he failed to score a touchdown and failed to reach double-digit fantasy points. Montgomery's been really reliable. And even last week without the touchdown, he scored 11.5 fantasy points. This week, The uh, Lions are home against the Broncos who allow the most fantasy points per game to running backs. They are allowing 5.5 yards per carry and 124 rushing yards per game. I think we get a big-time bounce back performance from the Lions as a whole after a bad road loss to the Bears. So I think that's positive game script. I think Montgomery scores twice this week. Now for the sit. I don't like Kenneth Walker this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Early in the season, Walker was playing about seventy percent of the snaps most weeks, but beginning around week eight, Zach Charbonnet started to push him for more touches. And Walker missed the two weeks with the oblique strain. Charbonnet played well, and we've got a timeshare here. In neutral game script, I still think it's going to be more Walker than Charbonnet, and I do think that Walker is still the goal line back. But against the Eagles, coming off two losses, I think they're going to play really well and going to hammer the Seahawks. Negative game script, more Charbonnet, plus Eagles terrible against the pass. Elite against the run. That's just a bad spot against a pass funnel defense where I think Walker is going to be limited to like 50 scoreless yards and like no catches. I think it's a really bad start this week.
0: Like the sound of that. I think Seattle game script throwing the football, not necessarily running the football. Finally, Jason, wide receiver. What do we
7: have, good sir? Same game going with Tyler Lockett. Just mentioned how much the Eagles struggle against the pass. They allow. uh, So this is a game where the Seahawks should throw about 35 plus times to keep pace with an elite Eagles offense. And like I said, I think that we see negative game script for the for the Seahawks. A lot of passing, and the Eagles are allowing the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers by a 4.7 points per game margin. This is a great spot for Tyler Lockett and the entire uh, Seahawks passing game. Now for our sit, uh, this guy I was starting last week. I I propped him up as a big time uh, guy you want in your lineups. That was Drake London fading him this week now. I don't think we've seen anything different from the Falcons than we've seen all season. Drake London did not emerge, did not break out. This is just what's been going on. He's an elite talent at receiver. If he had a better quarterback, if he was in a better situation, he'd be talked about within the same breath as, as like Garrett Wilson and Chris Alavin. But he's not. He's in Atlanta. He's playing with Desmond Ritter. Last week, the Falcons were neutral to negative games throughout, pass final defense against the Bucs. Had to throw. London, one of the best games of his career, might be the best game of his early career. Now he gets the Panthers. Problem here is twofold. One, the Falcons want to run. And the Panthers are allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to running backs. So they're going to be able to pound the ball all game. I think they run the ball 35-plus times in this one, limiting Ritter's pass attempts. And when he does throw, Panthers have actually been excellent against wide receivers, allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points per game to receivers. So I think we get a lot of B. Sean Robinson, some Tyler Algier, And unfortunately, not a lot of Drake London. If you started him last week, great. Awesome. He probably got you into the playoffs, but sit him this week. Jason, uh, quickly, final one.
0: If there's a defense that you could add on free agency or waivers, and I know a lot of these good defenses are probably gone, but if there's a matchup defense that maybe we can pounce on, is
7: there one you like? There are actually a lot of good streaming defenses this week because we've got so many backup quarterbacks playing. Uh, it's going to be too late for anyone listening to this to pick up the Raiders who are still out there in 80% of Yahoo! Leagues. So hopefully, by the time you listen to this, that seemed like a good call against Easton Stick. But there are some other ones out there that I think are available in more than half of Yahoo! Leagues. Uh, one of them I really like is the Rams. That's who I picked up in, in the league's riot defenses where I'm looking to stream someone. They're out there in 80% of the leagues, and I don't understand why. I mean, Sam House sort of touched down to the wrong team, and I think I think two or, two or three games in a row uh, takes a ton of sacks. And the Commanders, they don't, they don't give up. They're not one of these teams that's going to be trailing by 14 points and just run the ball. They're going to throw and throw and throw. And when teams throw, that's how you get opportunities for sacks and turnovers. So I really like the Rams this week. It could be a high-scoring game, but I think it could generate four to five sacks and, and two to three turnovers. And that's what you need when You're trying to get those fantasy points. So, uh, yeah, Rams are a great streaming option this week if they're out there.
0: Jason Katz, Pro Football Network, buddy. Appreciate it as always. And, uh... We'll chat next week before the holiday season approaches with all these games and the semifinals and the the money week. So, buddy, uh, I look forward to it. Hopefully a great day of fantasy action for you this weekend as well.
7: I hope everyone's teams advance to the semifinals, and uh, we'll talk next week and get everyone to the finals.
0: There you have it. That's our buddy Jason Katz over at the Pro Football Network. Jeff Money, you need to get back to winning ways, sir. It has gone ice for you these last few weeks. Uh, What do you have for week 15?
8: up jj jeff money here with a handicapper picks to be for the nfl week number 15 all right as far as last week my money play i lost on seven and seven on the year and I, for the week i was still cold i was one and four i'm 32 37 and one on the year and you hit your best bet of course you hit all your plays again you're on fire you're nine and five on your best bet head to head i lost against you we're we're now seven and seven against each other, and we didn't have any family plays, and we're five seven and one. Okay, here are my five plays, courtesy of FanDuel lines. Game number one, my money play. I'm going to take your Miami Dolphins minus the eight and a half over the New York Jets. Game number two on Saturday, I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts minus the one and a half over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Game number three, I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns minus the three over the Chicago Bears. Game number four, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus the three and a half over the Green Bay Packers. And game number five on Monday night, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles minus the three and a half over the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, again, my five plays. Money play, I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins minus the eight and a half. The Colts minus the one and a half. The Browns minus the three. The Buccaneers plus the three and a half. And the Eagles minus the three and a half. Let's see if we got some family plays. And everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here.
0: Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. I'll obviously be rooting for that family play with Miami. I don't like it, full disclosure. I think it's way too many points. Beat up Dolphin team. Jet defense can exploit a lot of their weaknesses on the offensive line. Uh, I would not in any way be laying eight and a half points with the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. No way, no how. Uh, we will have an SGP basketball edition on FanDuel Sportsbook for the Knicks and the Suns are on Sunday night. So. It'll be a little nighttime basketball SGP, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, We'll be back Sunday night after all the Week 15 action. Good job by Stefan. Uh, We'll see if DeVito Mania continues. And we'll see if we're talking about Zach Wilson and the Jets winning two games in a row. A couple interesting New York storylines all of a sudden in football. And maybe, just maybe, Yamamoto will have a new home. On that note, JJ signing off. Enjoy your weekend. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, one 109 9 within indiana 1-100-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, one 877 770 stopping Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-100-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.